so he and he still struggles with it today, as with many of us. Um, and I didn't really fully understand it until you know I started having issues with gluten, and then, of course, to be honest with you, I thought gluten was sugar. And I was like, well, that won't be no big deal, but it's not. It's not. It's in everything. You know, everything that makes everything taste good. You know, no biscuits and gravy, uh, no cornbread, no, I mean, none of this stuff. So I'm starting to understand, you know, how it is to be told not to do. But do we, are we so self-righteous sometimes that we forget that just because we're saved that all those temptations, all those trials, all those things has left us? Because our nature is still there. Just remember the nature we were born into. Nobody had to teach us how to do wrong. Nobody taught me how to do wrong, and my parents surely did not teach me how to do wrong. They were helping me to do right. But I still fought against it. And it's the same way the devil uses it. He's like, well, okay, well, we're going to talk about God's commandments, and God put them in his Bible, and he tells you not to do this. Well, guess what? Now I'm going to really get on you. I mean, how many of us noticed that when we got saved, there were things that, that were made easy to a point, but then there was a lot more things that were made difficult? And we start getting into those little things. You know, we can talk about, you know, abortion. We can talk about divorce. We can talk about homosexuality. We can talk about murder. We can talk about thieving. We can talk about all these different things. But what about gossip? Huh? What about getting in everybody else's business? What about telling stories for the sake of, of the kingdom? Well, I'm just talking about this to, so we can get past it. I'm just talking about this to help. I'm just talking about, you know, uh, I was calling all the prayer warriors. Well, are you all praying about it or are we talking about it? Right? I mean, we forget about all these little things. Do we encourage people or do we tear them down? Now, the world and the devil is going to work real hard. And, and getting in the middle of all that. Now, you know, you have to call out sin where sin is called out. I mean, we're called to hold each other accountable, right? Well, it's the same way. I mean, who likes to be held accountable? I don't. Nobody does. And it's tough. It's tough for the person that God's called to hold you accountable in the same way it's hard for us to be corrected, right? But it all ties into the same thing. The devil uses all of that, and in our arrogance, sometimes we feel like that we're above that. We forget what we were born into. We forget that we still sin daily. Now, I'm of the belief, when Jesus talks about we can do things that he done and, and, and greater, that there is, that's the goal. There is a possibility we may get to that. Whether it's on this earth or if it's in heaven, that we will get to that. But that's what we strive to do. That's what we strive for each other. That's what we want for each other. That's what we want for everybody we come in contact with. But I think, you know, in this day and time, we get so tied up on all the hot-button topics that we kind of sound like uh, Fox News or, or NBC or CNBC or Republicans or Democrats. or I mean, it's just arguing points. When in reality... What we have to do and what we have to do is very simple. We have to love one another, right? I mean, we can do nothing without love. Everything we can do without love is worthless. It's just going through the motions. 
So Jesus had an opportunity, and he could have been like us. But thank God he was above us. He didn't complain. He didn't gripe. He didn't do anything. At that point, when he was fighting that battle, when he defeated sin for us, he could have did like us, and he could have started gossiping. Well, no, well, this one don't deserve it, or that one don't deserve it. The reason my life is so hard is because of all the other things that I did in my life. Of course it's going to be hard. He didn't do that. He chose me. He chose to die for me, just like he chose to die for each one here. But not just here. He chose to die for each one out there. Whether they accept it or not, he chose to do it. And that's what we have to continue to preach. That's what we have to continue to pass along, that no matter where we're at in our life, no matter where we're not at in our life, that as long as we're still breathing, there's still hope. There's always hope. If you don't have hope, you can't have faith. You can't build on nothing if you can't hope. But don't forget what Christ did for us. And when you look in the mirror, don't think that your neighbor is your worst enemy. Know that the devil is going to use you against you. Amen. 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 Well, thank you for the word this morning. Thank you, Daddy, for singing that song. We can't do nothing on our own, but we know Jesus and we know somebody that can, right? Amen. And I, I believe you're here this morning. It's because of Him and nothing else, and you'll be here because of Jesus, right? That's why we come and join together, because of what He's done for us. So, so again, it's good to see everybody this morning. Glad you're here. Um, announcements. I don't know that Pat did any announcements, but... So I want to thank everybody again for, for all the hard work um, with the spaghetti dinner last night. Um, it was more successful than I thought it was. I didn't think, you know, it didn't seem like to me we had a steady stream of people. But I know they went through, I don't know how many crock pots of spaghetti sauce, five crock pots of spaghetti sauce. And so last year we had a lot of leftovers. Last night we had none. I think we had a little bag of noodles, and that was it. So that, that was great. Um, so it was Thank you all for coming to Oregon. Thank you for all that come and ate and, and participated and, and fellowship. So it was a good time last night with that going on. And, and with that being said, then I know some of the ladies are staying after church today to do um, chocolate on a lot of strawberries. I think we sold, what, $1,400 worth of strawberries. That's a lot of dozens of strawberries. So, um, so yeah, um, I know they'll have fun with that. I would stay, but I'm no good at that kind of stuff. So, um, it, I, I would just mess up and be in y'all's way, and we don't want that. So, any of the men though that want to stay and help, y'all are welcome to. Y'all are welcome to stay. <laughs> Do what? Right. I'm sure. I'm sure. We're just not our talent. We're going to talk about that men and women are equal, but not same. Okay. So, we're equal, but we're not same and that kind of stuff. All right. So, and then, um, then don't forget they're drawing after church for the raffle for the basket in the back, the Valentine's basket. So that'll be today after church. Um, if you want a ticket, you can still get a ticket while you're here if you haven't got one already. So, but with that being said, with everything that we've had going on this past month, and it was a lot, and I think we, we live and learn, right? So I don't think we'll have three things going on at the same time again. 
So, but it was, it was a lot, a lot to keep up with. So with all that being said, with this is just numbers Gabby's come up with. This is not minusing all of the expenses for everything. So just with the spaghetti dinner, it was uh, $1,215. Um, yep, I got just, and then with the strawberries, and this was some of minus what Keisha spent on strawberries and different things. It was $1,020. So, yep. Do what? Okay, well, okay, that's right. And then with the raffle tickets, it was $665. So, yeah, I mean, that's around $2,900 just for this, for this. And so we're going to be meeting this week, some of us men, since, since all you women are doing all this work, us men can meet and then start doing some men work, right? So we can we can do that. Remember, equal, not same. So, um, so y'all do good at y'all, and we'll do good at us, right? And so we're going to be meeting this week talking about some things we can do in the back with the money we got to uh, make more room and make it more accessible for, for what we need back there um, while we are uh, still believing and still working for the money to finish out that other 30 feet. We got some, some pricing on that, and that's a few thousand dollars more than what we got right now. So we're going to, we're going to keep doing and keep believing and, and keep um, knowing that, that God is going to provide us this in his time and and we're not going to rush it but we're going to keep believing him and agreeing and and believing together in faith that god is going to work and god is going to move here and and so we just gotta we can't give up right can't give up there's no time to give up so anyway there's i told keisha and um jenny a couple weeks ago that you know i appreciate all the work appreciate everybody's work but you know, after this, we're not going to do anything else fundraiser-wise, really, till I think toward the end of April, we'll try to have another fish fry. Everybody seemed to enjoy that, and we can we can do that toward the end of April. Be pray for good weather, and um, so. But next month in March, we will be hosting the uh, community singing. So that'll be on March the 24th at 6 p.m. that night. That's Good Friday, and and so we're we're going to be uh, hosting that event here so that's something for us to look forward to again we'll have a time where we meet afterwards and have um, a time of fellowship and and food and so that'll be next month on march the 24th all right anything else just now that i forgot besides if you haven't filled out we've we've mentioned it the past few weeks but if you haven't filled out a, a family sheet recently information sheet please do that get it to keisha or jenny and or just keisha if you want me to just put her jenny Right. We had a birthday card. Right. We had one come back a couple of weeks ago in in our post office box for the church. So get those filled out if you have moved and or if you think that well I don't know if I got it right, just fill one out and um and I promise we're not giving it to telemarketers and you won't be getting junk mail or anything like that. I promise. All right. Well, all right. Well, let's receive our offering just now. Amen. Amen. Again, the Bible, we do this as in obedience to God's Word and what He says, and, and we want to be obedient to Him in all aspects. We said this last week, that, that giving, tithing, and offerings, even money-wise, and, and why do we say money? Because when we go work and we make money, we get selfish with because that's mine. That's mine. We forget who gave us the ability to work. 
we forget who all it is anyway if, if we submit our life to God and we're, we're doing what the Word of God says, then we can't say that it's all mine because He gave us the ability. He blessed us with that job and He blessed us with those things. So we need to give back to Him in every aspect of our life, right? Spiritually, physically, financially, different things that we need to do to be obedient to Him in God's Word. So because He said God loves a cheerful giver, He didn't say He loved a cheerful giver in every aspect but what the church needs. Because we can read as the first church went on, they did what they had to do to help the church grow and help people financially every day is what they've done. And so we continue that even here. So, all right, so we're given, not given to me. You're not given to Victor Fellowship. You're giving it to us as giving unto God in obedience to His Word. So as we pray this morning, um, Jenny Fitzgerald asked for prayer for one of her co-workers' husbands who's got kidney and liver failure, right? And then he had a heart attack last night. His name is Patrick. So remember him as you pray today and this week. Um, and then Miss Jeannie, one of her women she used to work with, um, Ann Burks, found out her lung cancer has come back, correct? And so remember Ann Burks as, as we pray. And also you can see that Zane and, and Levi and Lexi's not here. They're all being bugged with the flu today. So remember them as we pray. All right, anything else before we pray? Yes, ma'am. Okay, all right, we'll remember those families. All right, well, let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for this day and this time we've already had this morning where we can come and, and worship you as, as, Father, we should have in spirit and in truth. And, and Father, that we thank you, the Holy Spirit that you hear and, and, and God, that we're free to do this. And, the, and you said where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And we thank you for that liberty and that peace here this morning. And God, we just... Um, Thank you that, that you're touching and moving with these needs that were mentioned, the ones that Miss Laura just mentioned, Father, that you're with those families of those lost loved ones, God. You, you said you spent your Holy, you sent your Holy Spirit to comfort us. And, and God, we thank you that you're comforting them right now. They're in their time of loss, time of grieving. Father, we just thank you that you're with them. Uh, we pray for we pray for Patrick right now, God. Did you um, send your healing hand down to him? And, and Father, he knows and looks to you in his life and turns his life to you. And and Father, we thank you that that he is healed of these things. And and God, you're working and you're moving in his life. The same with Aunt Miss Ann Burks, Father, with the report that the cancer has come back. But we God, we know that you're a God bigger than cancer. We know that Jesus took stripes for all those things. And we thank you that you're working and you're moving in her life, and that these things can be healed. We pray for Zane and Levi and Lexi and all of them over there that, that are dealing with this flu bug. Father, we thank you that you're working and you're moving and that they're healed right now in the name of Jesus. Again, Father, we love you and we praise you. And God, as we go into our time of word this morning, God, in our classes and, and out here, God, that you just touch and you move on the hearts and lives of each and every one here. God, that we open up, that we listen and receive this morning. We thank you for it. God, we just thank you for this time of tithes and offerings. We can come and be obedient to your word and worship you, as we said, in spirit and in truth. And in this time, in Jesus' name, amen.
All right, well, children, go to Children's Church this morning. <laughs> Amen. Well, to the rest of you, the adults in the room this morning, y'all know what week it is, right? We call it the week of love, don't we? Valentine's Day is coming up this week. Yes, yeah, right. I don't know if you celebrate it. If you don't celebrate it, I think that I show my wife enough love throughout the year that I don't have to wait until one day to show her. She's not here, so she can't disagree with that, right? She walked away. But, but no, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a day which, which is good to celebrate and, and show the ones that you love in that aspect that you really love them. And, and if you go try to buy roses between now and the next couple of days, is that me or is that what's going on there? Um, then then you're going to pay double prices for most everything because they seem to inflate all of that. So good news, if you bought chocolate-covered strawberries, then you, don't, you shouldn't have to buy roses, right? I wouldn't think. That's just my opinion on it. But if you do, then, then good luck. But since the week of love, what better time to talk about love and continue on and expound on what we started last week? Last week we, we talked about being unshakable and unbreakable in our life and our faith in God and what goes on in our life. But remember, we read about love and the two different meanings that, that when Jesus asked Peter, said, do you love me? He was saying agape love or agapeo love. And Peter was answering him back, well, yes, you know that I love you, but it was more of a friendship love. It was more of a, I'm just infatuated love. And so, you know, we need to understand and know the difference but as most of us here, and I see a bunch of couples out here, deal with love at home and loving the right way, right? We all deal with it. If you're married, it's what? It's probably one of the toughest relationships that you'll encounter in, correct? Because the Bible doesn't say, as we'll read in a little bit, that a man shall leave his father and his mother and cleave to his wife and they shall live happily ever after, does it? Or it's going to be a fairy tale, a Disney movie, to where everything ends is great all the time. We're going, to, we're going to talk about a way that it can work and it will work if we do it the way the Word of God talks about. So, you know, I've heard and listened under, and, and said under teaching on the home and marriage my whole life. And so most of you here, if you was here when, when Daddy was pastoring, he preached on the home every year and... and you know, he got accused of being more tougher on men than he was on women. And you say, yeah, you like that that he was? I'm not David Carroll. So I think if we're going to be equal and women want to be same, then we ought to be talked to the same, right? Because, and, and I know why we, get to, we have to go home to our wives, correct? And you don't want to, and trust me, when she comes out here, and she listens to me talk, and I'm not going to say anything, and I'm not here to pick on men or women. I'm here to, you know, we're going to talk about and learn, even though you say, well, I know what I need to do. Are you doing it? Are you living the life that you need to be in your home, husband or wife? So, because we're going to say one word today that troubles a lot of us in what we read, and we'll get to that in just a minute. So, so it's Valentine's, we're going to talk about love. In the next couple of weeks, I've got, I just kept typing, 
this past week, and I'm like, I got to stop because there's a lot we can say. So over this week and next week, we're going to talk about love, but love in action is how I titled this, love in action, because we know that two people that are imperfect in this world, in life, we're perfect in Christ, but without Him, we're imperfect, correct? And they get married and join together that there's going to be a lot of time for contention and aggravation and arguments and fights and fusses and all that kind of stuff, all all that. But the way we can get through it is if we love each other as we're supposed to love. So, so let's get into this. Remember that to love, as we talked about last week, it means to love unconditionally and sacrificially as God himself loves sinful men. That's right. So that's how you are supposed to love man or woman, your spouse. If you're a man, you're supposed to love your wife with that same kind of love. If you're a wife, you're supposed to love your husband with that same kind of love. This love does not say, I love you, and then go away from you and speak all kinds of things bad against you, does it? It does not. That's not what love is. Even though we get caught up in that. A bunch of women working together, what do they do? Complain about their husbands. A bunch of men working around each other, I'll tell you what my wife's doing. They start complaining about their wives. It's wrong. That's wrong. And if you're part of it, you need to stop. And if you're around it, you need to walk away and not get caught up in it. If you want your marriage to work, as the Bible says, our marriage needs to work and prosper through Him. And that's, that's, that's building the foundation of our marriage on the Word of God. That's not building the foundation if you're not married and just living together. That's not any of that on the Word of God. Take that as you will. Alright? I'm sorry. Man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife means you are married and holy matrimony under God is where that started. And we can all take it all the way back to Genesis. All the way back. Alright, and then we're going to read it in a few minutes. Hard times in a marriage does not have to equal divorce. Okay? Remember that. Hard times. Teenagers, the ones that are coming up, engaged. You're engaged with my daughter, and I know you're going to have hard times. Because she is her mother's child. But it does not mean divorce. I'm nearly 25 years into it. Alright? So... It's, oh, we all know there's going to be hard times, but that does not mean it has to equal divorce. Pat talked about this a few weeks ago when he preached, that the numbers of divorced people hasn't moved or changed a whole lot, and it looks like it's went the other way. Well, though, that just means they're just living together and they're not getting married. Why? Because I don't know why. I'm not in that, I'm not in that camp, so I can't speak on that. It's, it's either you don't want to make that extra commitment or you say, well, they get to a point where I don't trust them no more. I can just do away with them that much easier. And it's easier that way. Either way, that's not the way the Word of God talks about it. Amen. So, marriage is not easy. It does not have equal divorce. Just because it gets hard. And the, and the most one famous one is, well, I just don't love them no more. Then obviously, then you didn't read the meaning of agape love. Because it means unconditionally. That means you obviously didn't love them before. You was infatuated with them. There was an element of lust there, which is not equal love. 
There was, there was something there where you felt like you loved them and then maybe got stuck for a while and you said, well, just deal with it, I guess. Again, hard times does not mean love. The world says, I heard this a couple weeks ago, and, and if we read in Ephesians chapter 5 and the way it starts it out, we're going to go there in a minute, but the world says fall in love, right? The Bible, I don't know of anywhere in the Bible, and you can correct me in 50-something years, does it say fall in love anywhere? Ephesians 5.1 says, or 5.2, and walk in love. So there's a difference in falling in love and walking in love. So there's two different meanings that when you fall in love, you're falling into that, that infatuation kind of love. It's not agape love. You're walking in that every day. And as we're married, as we go through our relationship with each other, it takes a walk in love. Every day. And you say, well, I just, they've done so much to me. Again, we can go back to the meaning of the word love, of agape love, that says, as God loves himself, as he loves sinful men, the way he loves his son. Remember, agapeo or agape love is a verb, and by its verbal nature calls for action. This quality of love is not an emotional, it's not an emotion. Love, this quality of love is not an emotion. You say, well, I feel things different. I feel different. It's going to bring out some emotions. Just like the Holy Spirit's not an emotion, right? The Holy Spirit, if you, if you think you've got to receive the Holy Spirit and be on this emotional high and run around the church, and some, a guy told me last week that a church, one of his family members go through, they went to one evening, and they were throwing shoes up on the stage. Don't throw shoes up here on the stage. If you feel like you're just controlled by the Holy Spirit throwing shoes, I might throw mine back. All right? Let's not throw shoes. And I told him, I said, there's nothing in the Bible about throwing shoes on the stage, okay? Nothing. The Holy Spirit brings out, and as we talked about last year, when we preached on the Holy Spirit, it brings out different things, emotions. You see me cry up here. You see, you see, get emotional about things. Why? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. But love is not based on an emotion. Emotions change. Emotions change all the time. So love is based on a knowing that I'm going to love this person and make a dedication to this person no matter what in my life goes on or in their life goes on. I'm going to love them. So, and we'll leave it there. Don't start, if you start by saying, well, what if this, what if this, what if this? You can do that all in your life and you'll never come to this conclusion and walk in love as you need to. So, let's go to verse 22 of Ephesians chapter 5. I wish I had a pointer up here with me. What one word in that, in that verse would you say stops? Stumps a lot of people and don't want to do it. Hey, looky there. Y'all are on target today. Submit. Submit. Why would Paul start out with wives submit? Should he not have started out with husbands submit unto God? You would think. But that's how he wrote it down, right? Remember, he started this chapter, walk in love as Christ. Walk in love. So we come down to verse 22 and he says, Wives, submit to your husbands. Submit to your husbands. And as to the Lord. Wives, submit to the husbands as to the Lord. Now, submit does not mean, husbands, that you rule with an iron thumb at home. 
does not mean that you just press down and expect your wife to do everything that you say to do. And if they don't do it, then they're not in the will of God. Well, most of the time, if you're trying to rule your home like that, then you haven't read any any other verse but verse 22. Because that means you're not living in the will of God and you're not doing what you need to do. Because why would we expect women to follow a husband that's not have a heart after God? How can you expect that? And, and wives, just because your husband is not in the will of God does not still put a place in here for divorce. Okay? I'm sorry. It, you can say, well, they're living this way. If I told my own daughter this, you've got to be who God called you to be. And you've got to continue to pray even though your husband wants a divorce. You say, well, what are you going to do about it? And that's like I told her. You cannot make him change. You can pray for him to change. You can be strong in the Lord as you're called to be and continue to pray for him. And pray, if you really want this to work, that God would work in his heart and that that time wouldn't come. Well, what if it does? Well, then you still have to go through a time where you, you go, there's a time of forgiveness. You're still going to have to love them. You're still going to have to forgive them. But we've made everything so easy that you can go online and get married. You can go online and get divorce papers. You can do whatever you want to. And the problem with our society is that we go into marriage as not as holy matrimony as the Word of God talks about, and then it doesn't mean as much to us because we can just go get divorced again. We can just go through it all over again. But wives, submit to your husband as unto the Lord. Submit means to yield oneself to the authority or will of another. We don't want to hear that either. Why are wives and husbands not living a life that they need to? Because as Pat said this morning, men, we don't want to submit to anybody's authority. Even, even if I say, God, you know, come into my life, save me, redeem me, but there's still my own will that I don't want to submit to His completely. Wives, you don't want to submit to your husband because of that same kind of thing. But you will not submit to your husband as a man. You are supposed to submit to your husband as you submit your lives unto God. There's a difference there. There's a difference in how we look at that. If I told Gabby, submit to me, then, then she's wrong in that. But if she submitted unto me as I submit my life to God and she's submitting her life to God, then that would, that's a totally different scenario. That's a totally different situation. She's not doing it to me. She's doing it to God. Looking to me as a leader of my family, as a spiritual leader. Because we all know that in today's society, they don't want to be gender. They want gender equality, right? Gender equality. The only way, and I'm going to skip ahead just for a second, Landon. Turn, turn back to Genesis. Or you can read on the screen. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27. They can, they can want gender equality all day. And they can want to be all right and want us to be okay with men and men. 
men getting married and women and women getting married. Or a man wanting to be a woman. And I saw this little video last night where this, I think it was a guy that wanted to be a girl. But they went on for like a minute and a half of things that they identify as. And I can't even remember all of them. It was, it was I don't know. It reminded me of the movie Nefarious where they were just so many demons in this person. They didn't know who they was. But, but we, we cannot fall into that trap. Because he set man and woman up to be different. Equal does not mean same. As he says in Genesis chapter 1, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, created he, he created him. Male and female, he created them. There's no pronouns in there, okay? I've heard that argued. I've seen a video where that was trying to argue. Well, God said he created them. Yeah, he was talking about he created a man and a woman and called each of them a man and a woman, but was using that plural talking about both of them. There's no, he didn't, he didn't talk anything else. He said he created them. Again, God has never made a mistake on what gender he wanted anyone to be. Never has. He didn't create you a man or a woman and, and intend on you being something else in your life. That's what, it's what, he, it's what he set down. What you come out as is what he intended you to be. He never made a mistake. So then he blessed them and said, And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. We all know how you're going to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth is by reproduction. Two women together and two, or two men together cannot reproduce anything besides sin. There's no other human organism coming out of either one of them without one without the other. All of a creation that was set up that way. And so when God said, hey, I want y'all to be, I created y'all equal, but not the same, because he created men to be the, the providers spiritually and physically for their home. What did he create women? He created women to be nurturers, right? For them to teach for them to be comforters. There's more mothers out there that comfort a whole lot more than men do. Pat's probably the most caring man that I've ever met in my life. <laughs> Jenny's not in here, so she can't say anything about it either. But no, if we, if we look, women in general are more caring and loving. We've all heard of a mother's love. Most people don't say, oh, it's just a father's love. No, no. There's remember the old the old country song, Daddy's Hands. Was soft and kind and I were gentle and was hard when I was when I was bad, right? So it it you go back, I can look at my own parents. My my dad did not come in there when I was sick and make sure that I was feeling okay and put a rag on my head and say, Are you okay? Are you okay? No, he'd sit in his recliner and he cared and he'd come in there and pray for me. And But he wasn't just like waiting on hand and foot. Why? Because that's not his role. That's her role. And you say, well, what if my husband or spouse or whatever is not doing that? Well, then at that time, you've got to pick up and be that, that in your life right now. But that's not the way God intended, and that's what we're talking about. So, so he created women and men different. Different. He had to design from the very beginning. So we read here. Fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves the earth. So male and female has to reproduce. Male and female. But women, submit to your husbands. Submit to your husbands. There's, there's, this is not in the notes. 
Let me just turn over here real quick. You know what you're supposed to do, women, while your husband is, is even if he's not being who he's supposed to be? Who was the only disciple that was married that we read about? Peter, right? So in First Peter, chapter 3, wives, he, he says again, just like Paul, wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. See that? Well, my husband's not saved. That right there didn't give the wives, if they are saved, to be any other thing but an example of Christ and love like Christ them as Christ loves sinners. Remember that? It did not give them an out to say, well, my husband's not saved, so I guess it's okay for me to leave. Said that. Nothing about that, did it? It says, let's read it again, may be won by the conduct of their wives. So even though you're having right now, if your wife and your husband's gone astray or don't know God or whatever, then you're having to be that spiritual leader of your home. Let your conduct be like the Word of God says. It's like I've told my own daughter. I said, you can go around the house and you can pray out loud, you can read the Word, and you can make him uncomfortable in his own sin. What's wrong with that? Instead of saying to everybody, well, my husband's a piece of crap, my husband's this, he don't do this, he don't take care of me, I can't get him to do anything, and blah, 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 on and on and on. Y'all women know what y'all say about us men? Don't act like you don't. That is not won by the conduct of their wives. The husband's not going to be won over. What's going to happen? He's going to go off to his cell. Hey Amen. There you go, Stevie. I like it. <laughs> I told Stevie, I heard about his actions at the county tournament yeah that he uh he might have had a guy from the other team talking back at him during the game i said don't be don't be jawing me i said i'll stick my tongue out at you too <laughs> he said no you're nice mark you're nice <laughs> thank you stevie uh i love stevie he's a, he's a blessing for sure amen but so let's right here and so it says, when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. So your conduct, that doesn't mean you're nagging them every day. And husbands, if they ask you how you're doing, they're not nagging you, okay? So you can talk to them. You can. I told you, I'm going to be fair. Men and women, we all, we're all equally, if we want to be equal in gender equality, then we all have problems. And we all need to do things different. Whether you can say the men are the problem in this world or not. Well, guess what? The, the women, a lot of times, are no better. A lot of times are no better. It's because, you know, men, by, by general being this, they want to do what they want to do. And, and I'll be honest, as a man, we can be selfish beings. But so can women. So can women. Yeah, that's right. I see some women shaking their head. They can be just as selfish, if not more selfish, than men. Because what happens in a lot of times in relationships, and I'm, I'm speaking from 25 years of me and my wife together, okay? I just, this is our own life. What happens? We get jealous of time not spent together. Of something that one's doing and not the other's doing. Did anybody, everybody deal with that in their life, in their marriage? Do you 
do, does does any of the uh, boy you wasn't you wasn't you was home twenty minutes later and what you supposed to be what you been doing? I couldn't get a hold of you. Why is it now you can if, if now you're located services? Why are they turned off? She's never asked me this. I've never done anything wrong. I'm just saying by what I've heard. But why is your location services off? Why why is this? I don't know. I don't know. But what what happens when those things come about? It, it starts bringing dis, discontention, strife, arguments, and then the more that because we all know that you women do not forget anything. We all know that. All of it. How many remember arguments from, from a year ago, if you're a woman? Okay. How many men remember arguments from a year ago? That's what I thought. None of us. Because we, we, don't, we don't recall those things. We don't, we don't think about those things. But yet, in our lives, we tend to hold on to those things. And hold on to those wrong things. Why? So we can put it back on them whenever something. Well, I, I told you you're doing the same thing all over again. You're doing this, this, and this. I told you you didn't change. You don't mean you're sorry. You ever said that in an argument? We haven't, have we? <laughs> Talking about throwing shoes. Right there. <laughs> and it wasn't a Holy Ghost either, I promise. But it's good, it's good to laugh, okay? It's good to laugh. Um, so, where was I at? I done got, she done walked in and got me all discombobulated. I've told her for 25 years she does that to me. She walks into her room. Come on, nothing there? I think, oh, that's so sweet or something. Grief. I didn't get anything this morning. Um, Ephesians chapter 5. It says, For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church and the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as... The church is subject to Christ so that the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Again, submission, being subject, submit, being subject. We don't, we don't want that. We don't want that. We don't want to hear that. But it also goes back, as I said, the husband needs to be who he's going to be before the wife can submit as she needs to submit and submit a life unto God. But if don't forget, wives, in First Peter chapter 2, if you're wondering what I need to do with my husband's wayward, if my husband's not acting right, if he's not being the leader of my home, may he be won by conduct of their wives. You be the woman of God that was created in the same image of God as man. And you be that to him. Because, because wives, you're not just nagging. You're not all this. In Genesis chapter 2, all right, God created. He, we just read Genesis 1. And you go into chapter 2, and he's explaining and expounding on what he created. So, you know, if you just read Genesis 1, and you say, well, why in Genesis 2, if he created man already and called them male and female, then why are we talking about it again? But if you've got to go into it and read and understand, he's explaining the days of creation and what he done. So in Genesis chapter 2, and verse 19... It says, out of the ground the Lord formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. Make sure I didn't get in my notes. All right, I think I'm good. But for Adam there was not a helper found comparable to him. And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up his flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man... He made into a woman and brought her to the man. 
Sorry. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, and, he, and she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, remember, we're going to read this again in Ephesians. Paul says this, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, and the man and his wife were not ashamed. I had that written down in the Amplified Bible. Because it says that he couldn't find a woman. There we go. I meant to start in 15. I apologize. That was one page off of my notes. Let's just, let me just read 15 through 18. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you shall eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day you eat, eat of it you shall surely die. Verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Or as the Amplified says, now the Lord God said, It is not good or beneficial for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper, listen, one who balances him, a counterpart who is suitable and complementary to him. That's who you women are. It's not for men to lord over. It's not for us men to, uh, to just say we rule and reign over every day. No, it's not that. God set women and... There's not a man in here that I see. If you are and don't like women, we're going to pray for you today. I promise. We're going to cast that demon out of you. So that doesn't like women. He made women to be in the sight of men beautiful. And, and so that's why he designed it. You know, I've heard, you know, people describe when, God, when Adam saw Eve, and that's why she's called woman, because whoa, man. And then I've heard, really, it means, no, he's out of the womb. Whoa, man. But, but no, most men see women and they're like, whoa. Like, I just saw Gabby walking in and I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't contain my thoughts. It was, thank you, JJ. I'm glad one person thought that was sweet. <laughs> well, I mean, she didn't hear it. So, that's fine. I appreciate that. I'm sure. So, not created to be alone. He did not want us to be alone. He wanted men and women to, to be together. And that's what we read on. It says in, in, in chapter 1, it says, be, be plentiful, replenish the earth, right? Subdue it. And, and so, so he wants us to be together, but he wants us to do it in the right way. Again, living together out of holy matrimony is not the right way according to the Word of God. Well, what if I love them? If you love them enough, why don't you do it the right way according to the Word of God? Instead of, instead of just going through the motions. So it's not beneficial. So we, we complement each other. They complement us. You know, when, when, when we went into this ministry as being pastor of the church, I wanted to make sure that she was beside me, not behind me, not me ruling over her, and, or not me talking down to her, but I wanted to make sure she was with me. Why? Because we're, we're a team. We're together. When, when we stood here, near this year be 25 years, and made those vows before God. 20 years old, I didn't think about what I was saying then. But, no looking back and having 
you know, being, being able to be part of other weddings to where I officiated them and different things, you say those things and you think back to when you said them to your wife. Do you really mean them? Do you really mean those things that you're saying or is it just some words you can get a ring on and you... Don't ever fall into this, young people or adults. Well, we'll just get married so we can have sex without being in sin. Right? That's wrong attitude also. That's the wrong attitude. That's the wrong way to look at it. Because that's an emotion. That's an emotion. So don't ever get to that point. Do we say, we'll just go and get married and then we won't be in sin. You need to make sure that you're right before God in all areas. Not just that one. So, did I lose anybody there? Make anybody mad? Young people, I'm being in this instruction. There's plenty of teenagers in here. And we all know what teenagers think about. Food, right? (laughs) All right. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 25, again, wives, submit to your husbands as unto God. But husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church, right? And gave himself for her. Love your wives. Love your wives. Not get mad at your wife all the time. Not, not complain about her all the time. Women, you're not complaining about your husbands. Husbands, you don't need to complain about your wives. I've heard this my whole life, and I still live by it. And I hear people at work say it, and it gets on my nerves. Ah, There's my old lady calling. I heard my anger see my old man. Really? That's what you think about your spouse that God created for you that's supposed to compliment you. Y'all, y'all have that much respect for each other. And I've told this, and there are people that go to church that I hear say it. Your wife should be more to you in respect. God's never called the church. His old lady. If we're the bride of Christ, can you imagine that? Would we want to go worship a God that said, I guess I'm going to go here for my old lady. And you say, well, that's weird. No, we're called the bride of Christ, right? So if we're the bride of Christ, why would... And and we we want to be with Him and in eternity with Him. Would we want to be with anybody that just referred to His spouse as an old lady or old man? An old ball and chain. And there's no respect there. Oh, we just have fun with each other. No, no, it gets more than that. It gets more than that. That's, if that's the love of your life on this earth, then you need to portray it as that way, not anything else. Not anything else because the world, is that, that's okay in the world. You're different than the world. You're in the body of Christ. And, and if you are, then you need to act that way and portray your whole life that way. And starting at home, starting at home, Men, if you are the husband in your home, or if right now you're not married, whatever, but you, you, you are the husband, then you are called to be the physical and spiritual leader of that home. That means you get your family up on Sunday mornings, and you don't give them an excuse not to go to church. You say, no, we're going to church today. That means you stop, and you pray, and you, and you, and you read the Word together, and you do those things. Have I been that the whole nearly 25 years we've been married? She would say no, and I would say no. But do I strive to be that more now? Yes. Are there times where she comes in and says, hey, we didn't pray together today? Yes, there is. And, and so, why? Because we work together or try to. 
We strive to work together. Does it happen all the time? No, because we still interject our selfish feelings or wants in, in things. And it doesn't work out when we do that. But if we're going to love our wives as Christ loves the church, then we've got to show them the respect that they deserve. And women, if you're going to love and submit to your husbands as you do to God, then you need to show him the respect that he deserves. Because men want to be respected and revered in their home as that. And if you're not showing that your husband is the leader of your house and submitting to him, especially even going to church, then why do you, what do you think your kids are going to do? They're going to see that and not treat their dad as they need to. And then when they get in their home, they're not going to be the men that they're supposed to be because dad just cowered down everything mom said anyway, so what did it matter? And, most, and there's a lot of men that do that. Why? Because one thing, they don't want to go home and deal with it. So they're just say, all right, whatever. And that's not the way to be either. Women, you shouldn't lord over your men like that either. You shouldn't expect them to do that way. That's what the world wants. You know, the LGBT community, Q community, I can't even say it all. There's too many letters in there now. They all run together. They're all about love except when you go to preach Jesus. They're all about we love everybody and accept everybody except the church. Because they constantly think that we hate them. And I don't hate any of them. I hate the sin that they live in and want them to change. But... I can't go out and say that I hate them if i got to accept everybody. It's the same way in our home. We want these things until it actually affects us. And so if you want your home to start being what the Word of God calls it to be, then you got to start with husband and wife. And men, you got to start with you. Not point to God and say, well, this woman you gave me, as Adam said. Remember that woman? Yeah, the woman that you said you loved and stood here and said that you loved her for the rest of your life. That woman he gave you. Instead of downing them all the time, why don't you pray for them? And, and women, instead of talking bad about your husband, why don't you pray for him? Pray for him to be the godly man that he's supposed to be. And as you do that, you'll see yourself change. And you can be the woman we talked about in First Peter chapter 3. To where they can see the fruit. The way they can see their wives who they're supposed to be. And husbands the same way. If you're praying for your wife to be who God's called her to be, then you be who you're supposed to be. And then everything can flow together. So as he also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word. They might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or such or any such thing but that she should be holy and without blemish. Holy and without blemish. He's talking about the church. But that's how men were proud of our wives, right? We don't, well, I mean, I hope you're proud of your wife. I hope you like, not embarrassed. Like, that's, that's my wife right there. I hope, you're not, I hope you're not that way about your wife. I hope you're proud to say, this is my wife. This is my wife. And I don't care what anybody else thinks. She's my wife. We shouldn't be ashamed. As God is not ashamed of us as a church, we shouldn't be ashamed of our spouse. We should love them and honor them as the Bible tells us to. Because this next verse, men, it says, So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. I don't know of many men that don't love their own body. That they're not going to do things to mutilate it, to hurt it, to... to 
blemish it because most men, whether they weigh 180 pounds or 350 pounds, still have this same, I still got it. Am I wrong? Anybody, any man in here, and when the time you hit about 13 till probably, I don't know, I'm sure it don't quit till you leave this world, you're like, I, I still got it. You say, that ain't true. Trust me. 50-year-old men, Bo. I mean, do you not think that from time to time? See, there you go. Confidence. I used to be called arrogant my whole life. No, it's confidence. It's confidence is all it is. So if we're to love our wives as we love our own selves, we should be showing them a lot of love, men. A lot of love. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. We're we're to build our wives up. Wives, you're to build your husbands up, not tear them down. Let's read on these last few verses. We are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones for this reason. Paul says here the same thing we read in Genesis that God said. If you've got a problem with how God set down marriage and the home should be, don't take it up with me, take it up with God. You go try to justify that with him. You go try to take it up with him and let make sure that you not not don't just as we do a lot of things in our life we really don't want to change and just say, Well, you know, I think God's telling me that's all right. If it's against the word of God, whether you think it's all right or not, it's still against the word of God. Alright? So shall a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Let the wife see that she respects her husband. So for us to have a marriage that would be unshakable and unbreakable as we do our own life, first, our lives have got to be founded on the Word of God, right? And our marriage has got to be based on the Word of God. We can't live one without the other. Because if it is, then the marriage foundation is going to sink and going to crumble as we've seen all throughout society. Why? Because they don't build it on the Word of God. They build it on emotions and lust and, and just seeing, just make, we're just going to see if we can make it work for a while. Can't go into marriage like that. Can't go into those things like that. Why? Because they never will. Did you get saved? And say, well, I'm just going to see if this works for a little while. If it don't, I just won't do it no more. No. We didn't. So why would we go into marriage the same way? Young people, don't go into marriage with that kind of attitude. Don't go into relationships with that kind of attitude. Know that you're doing it for the right reason and that this one person is who you're going to be with the rest of your life. And that... you. Listen, I know that I'm talking to a group of people that have flawed and there's different things that's happened in your life. And you say, what about this? What about this that failed? You cannot dwell on those things. What you can do is ask God forgiveness and go on and don't, don't keep out of that pattern. Okay, we've said that a lot of times. A lot of times. I look out here and I know that there's divorced people in here, that there's remarried people. And, and you know, I've not been in that boat and don't want to be. Told her for years, I don't want to put up with another one. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. But 
if you're there and you say, well, you know, you still have got to love without agape love, even the first one. Sorry, you still got to forgive them. You still got to love them. That's what the word of God says, right? And, and so you still got to show that love in action to everybody around, to all, all parties included. Why? So the, your children can see that. So, so people around you that don't know God can see that. And you got to be who God called you to be, as we say every week. So this morning, and we're going to talk about this more next week, I feel. If your life is not rooted and grounded in the Word of God, first and foremost, if God's, Jesus is not Lord of your life, then it can't be. It's got to start there. But if you're living a life and your marriage seems don't seem to be where it's at, then you need to pray and ask God to first forgive you. Like I told a gentleman this past week, I cannot pray and forgive you your sins. You cannot pray for your spouse and forgive them of their sins. It doesn't work that way. You can pray that God shows up in their life and the Holy Spirit show where they need to change in their life and pray for those things. And then, But you have to pray forgiveness for your own sins. And they have to pray forgiveness for their own sins. And do that in a way, in a context to where we know that, that God's going to work in my marriage and He's going to do the things that, that the Word of God says when I do what the Word of God says. When I do. See, I'll stand this morning. Preaching on these things is, is not always the easiest it's like preaching on tithing. Why? Because you're hitting people at home. But that's why we come here, so we can be challenged, right? So we can go out from here and go back into our homes.